0: Look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More than money with the Popowitch Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770.
1: Lifestyle matters. It's more than money.
0: I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co host here, Dave Popwitch. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. You? Oh, I had, you know what I've been drinking all week? Pepto. Pepto Bismol.
1: Well, it's been a roller coaster ride. So if you're motion sick at all, boy, you got to be taking Gravol or Pepto. And
0: I've been motion sickness because I have to stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down every time I see the markets move and answer the phone. And I'll tell you, I got a lot more steps mm-hmm. in because mm-hmm. I've had to walk back and forth to the phone.
1: Well, there's one of the benefits. right? One of the benefits.
0: Faisal's dropped a couple of pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, one and a half pounds because he got a haircut, and uh, then half a pound because uh, of going up and down. Yeah. Uh, and also the Pepto Bismol because it is a volatile time. It is a very volatile issue, and I think. Um, that's been my recommendation whenever we've had volatility is everybody should get a bottle of Pepto-Bismol and just keep it on the side of your table cause you'll need it.
1: Okay. But you know what? This is interesting. It's not like this is the first time we've said <laughs> you need to drink Pepto-Bismol, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's not the first time. <laughs> um, which is interesting because, uh, <laughs> the volatility that we see today is scary for people. I get it. Yeah. But we have talked about volatility and Pepto-Bismol in the past due to other problems
0: do you know what this feels like what do you remember whenever we have like a long period of sunshine and the weather's good in calgary and then we get that one snowfall yeah and everybody drives like it's the first time they've ever seen snow right no that's good this is the reaction people have in the markets oh my god we're down whatever percent right like they've never experienced this in the past
1: or we'll never again in the future, right? This is, this is a one-time thing. Yeah, it will never it will never end. Yeah, no, I yeah, agree. This I is agree.
0: the worst snowfall ever. We're not right. going to get out of it, and right. we should just hide in our homes. Right. Right. And this is the exact same experience people are feeling right now right. when it comes to the markets because of the gyration. It's not like the media is helping. It's not like all the news stories of Dow falls a thousand points. Yeah. You know, or it's, it's up
1: a thousand. points. Right? And, and yeah.
0: that kind of volatility. Yeah. It's like a brand new snowfall in Calgary. If, you, if you've been here longer than, I don't know, six years, mm-hmm. you kind of know the first four, uh, snowfall, leave a little bit early. People are going to react differently to it. There's yep. going to be a lot more accidents because apparently we forget yep. what Red happens yep. on the day that the first snowfall. We forget what markets are like when they're, when they're going down. Right. <laughs> right. Or volatile.
1: So here's what I want to say. Like this week, if you went to sleep on Saturday, woke up, you know, today, last Saturday to today. Yeah. Nothing changed.
0: Yeah, the markets haven't moved in any direction over a one-week period.
1: Yeah, isn't that interesting? Though? And if
0: you go back to the end of September of last year to now, nothing. Right. Nothing. Like, we've seen a run-up and we saw it fall back down, but it's now perspective. Right. It's the day of. People are checking their accounts online every single day. And this is turning address in address that. They're, they're turning on the TV or listening to this station, hearing all the, the flash headlines of what's going on. And so you react. Okay, so let's talk about the gut check because you and I
1: have been talking about this all week. And I was riffing on this last year, late last year. You remember we were doing pieces. I was going off about, listen, you got to check your strategy. Don't wait until things go down or until there's a problem to you know to analyze whether the strategy is acceptable for you yep okay fast forward that i think that was early december something like that fast forward to today now people are sitting with equity markets you know down from their highs maybe 15 percent, something like that yeah um i don't want to sound flippant about a 15 percent fall uh or contrite but it's this is not catastrophic okay um uh, that's not to say that every you know, some portfolios wouldn't have been really crushed here. But the fact of the matter is if you were in a balanced portfolio, a decent strategy, it's not catastrophic, but it is gut
0: check time. I love these times. Right. You know why I love these times? It it identifies who should not be in the markets. Interesting comment. It identifies people. And I said this to Mm -hmm. a client on Friday. I said, this is kind of like when the tide goes in, into the ocean. Yeah you kind of see who's not appropriately dressed for, for, the, for the ocean. You're full of these visuals uh, like It's interesting because people people today, have no shorts right? on, in the, in that, and you don't want to see that. <laughs> and they shouldn't have gone in with no shorts on because the tide does go in. And, and that's what's happening now. People are, I have to be in the stock market. Look at all the money I'm making. They're They're going crazy. And then when these types of markets, they freak out and right. they sell. Right. And they should. And they should get out. If you can't handle this volatility... They should get out. Why? Because you, it's going to happen again, right? And you're going to freak out again. The problem well, is, yeah, okay, that when they decide to capitulate, right? What's the impact to them in their financial future? So, so yeah, it depends on it depends
1: on what capitulate means. If if this is your gut check. And you say, you know what? I can't handle this kind of volatility. And therefore, these the equity markets, the stock markets are not suitable for me. And I'm out. Yep. And I'm out going forward forever.
0: Correct. Forever. That's,
1: that's the key thing. That's one thing. If you say, I capitulate, I can't handle this volatility, I sell the cash, and then I'm going
0: to market time and get back in. That's a problem. That's the problem. And that's what majority of investors that leave the market right. do it on a market timing basis. Right. But what I'm talking about when the tide going in is that you shouldn't have been in the ocean to begin with. Right. You know, you're friend, not a strong enough swimmer. A friend of mine called me up Thursday night saying, Faisal, how do you deal with all this? And I go, I just have a glass of water before I go to bed. Like This is normal. This, right. is this, normal is, th- this is my normal day. And he goes, how do I, how do I make sure I don't lose money? And I go, do you know how you make sure you never get bitten by a shark? Don't go in the ocean. Right. Stay away from it. Right. Stay away from the stock market you'll never lose. Right. Guaranteed. Right. You can't lose money in the stock market if you're not there. Oh, but then how am I going to make money? Ah. There's your problem. Welcome to the world of risk versus reward. Right. And if you can't take it, don't do it. Right. And adjust your life accordingly. And it's very harsh when I talk to my friends about this stuff because I'm this direct with them, but people need to understand that. People need to understand that you have to absorb a certain amount of volatility if you want to have the returns that you need to get to your financial destination. Right. Failing with that acceptance of volatility you're going to potentially destroy your financial future with market timing. Correct. Or you'll take so much... uh, um, You'll be so risk adverse that you will have to have a huge change in your lifestyle.
1: Yeah, but these, these are all... Yeah, so this is what I talk about, strategy. When I say that word, I'm thinking at a high level. Yeah, now but, you're breaking it down to yeah, some of David, the decisions that you, have to what be made. You, when
0: you say talk about strategy, you're right. saying to the individual, think in advance before it happens. You're here now. You've seen a 15% drop off the peak. No, I get that. So now, gut check time says, how are you going to handle the next 15% drop? Because I'm going to tell you, it's going to happen. I don't know when. Right. It could happen tomorrow. Right. Monday. Or it could happen one year from now. Right. So how are you going to handle it now? Right, right. But that's the analysis
1: of what I'm saying. If the strategy is I need to take on risk in order to achieve my goals. I've done a financial plan. I understand kind of the the base level of return that I need to make. And let's assume that that base level of return um, requires that you do better than just GIC rates. Guaranteed Guaranteed rates. yeah, Yeah, guaranteed rates. Okay, so now I've got to take on risk. You can, do the, you can do those calculations in terms of what is reasonable. The problem is sometimes we talk in percentage terms. Not dollars. Right. Yep. I got a million bucks. This thing could fall by 20%. And people say, okay, I, I can handle 20%. Wait a minute. That's $200,000 you will see evaporate on the statement when you open it. And then they, whoa, that's a different reaction. Correct. Right? So it's the downside analysis and talking in dollar terms and timelines. Can people take it? The, the timelines are very important. I said earlier in this segment, if you went to bed and you skipped this week, you would have woken up and nothing changed. Nothing changed. But I guarantee you, if you were looking every day, okay, your Pepto-Bismol or Gravel comment <laughs> is valid because you had a heck of a wild ride, right? I mean, yep. the roller coaster that we were on this week was really, really amazing.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know that this whole coronavirus issue and thing that's going on, those are things that are going to come and go. There are some other problems out there and we have a couple of guests on our show today yep. talking about two other problems that are out there. Number right. one, if you have a public sector pension plan here in Alberta, there are some big changes that are coming for you April 1st. We're going to talk to an actuary who's going to go through some of the big changes that could right. impact up to 60% of the value of your pension. Of what you could receive if oh, you commuted it. Correct. Yes. We'll get into more details right. about that. Yes. And then who's the beneficiary of your RSP or retirement income fund? And if you don't choose your partner correctly, the the beneficiary beneficiary. correctly, the tax man will come in and take that money away from them potentially. Well, you you may as the
1: beneficiary be impacted from a tax perspective. Yeah. Not not the person who's who passed away. Passed away.
0: You. You You the receiving the the money. The recipient could take it. And so these are two big issues that eh, are kind of falling under the radar because coronavirus is so important on the media today. Right. So we're going to bring them to your attention on our show. We've got a couple of great guests talking about this, and we're going to discuss all of these issues and how do you profit and protect in every market condition Mm -hmm. at our seminar on Tuesday, March 10th, 7 p.m. at the Hamptons Golf Course. You need to reserve your seats. So give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or you can register online at MoreThanMoneyRadio.com.
1: Okay, if you or a friend of yours has a um, a PSPP, an LAPP, or an SFPP pension, and if you have one, you'll know what that is. You need to tune in for the next section because if you're thinking of commuting, you could lose up to 60% of the value with some coming changes April 1st. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with David Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Uh, there's been some uh, changes, or there are uh, some changes coming, excuse me, that are going to affect some... Um, some uh, pension plans. Yep. And it could be quite material, particularly for those people that are commuting a pension, and we'll discuss what all of that uh, all of that means. But we got to give a, a... If you have a
0: government pension plan from Alberta and you're driving or you're doing something, stop what you're doing. Listen to this. It is important. It can be impactful for your future. So I'd strongly suggest that we listen to this piece because it's... Um, it's been buried in a bill that no one really knows about, and it's not being talked about, uh, and so I'm glad that we're, we're discussing that today.
1: And to that point, we have to thank Pat Johnston, who's with us today. He's the principal. He's also an actuary with a company called Pension Strategies. Uh, Pat, you've been on the show before. Um, I thank you for giving us a heads-up to this, as will our listeners, and welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here.
1: So let's talk about um, what the changes are. So uh, maybe just give us at a high level, what's the change and who will be impacted by this?
2: Okay. First off, it only affects three pension plans, but they cover an awful lot of people. It's the local authorities pension plan, the public service pension plan, and the special forces pension plan. Now what's happening is there's no change to the benefit at all with respect to the amount of lifetime pension the member can get from the plan. What they're changing is for those members who terminate prior to age 55, they also have an option to get a lump sum and they are substantially reducing the amount of that lump sum option in lieu of the pension. If they choose to get the uh, lifetime, if they choose to stay in the plan and receive the lifetime pension from the plan, there's no change to that pension amount, Mm -hmm. but their lump sum option could be going down substantially. For those around age 55, or a lot of people have kind of planned their retirement on terminating employment just before age 55 uh, so that they can get the lump sum. If they've got a substantial pension, their lump sum amount might be in the $1.5 million range. From April 1st, it will be reduced by about a third, so down to $1 million. Like, they could be losing a $500,000 value. Now, if they haven't gotten as large of a pension, that might be 400000 or 300000 of dollar amount they're losing. Uh, if they're younger, the percentage decrease is even greater. Like, they may be losing 50 or 60% of the lump sum value. Well. Now, they haven't lost anything if they choose to stay or leave their entitlement in the plan and take their lifetime pension. But if their plan was to take the lump sum and transfer it to their LARA and get a portion paid in cash, that amount being paid to them will be substantially less.
1: Why, why are the pensions doing that?
2: Largely, they're doing it because they see that they're paying out too much in these lump sums when... The member is in the plan. Uh, They get the lifetime pension, and they're not worried about the investment risk because they're going to get their pension whether investments go up or down. So when they've determined lump sums before, they're saying, well, the member doesn't have any investment risk, so to put a proper value on it, Mm -hmm. we should be reflecting essentially a long-term government Canada bond yield plus 90 basis points to reflect the fact that pensions aren't as... liquid as bonds. Now they're saying, well, you know, when we're funding this thing, we're assuming we're invested in equities and uh, high-quality corporate bonds, private debt. We expect we're going to get a lot higher return. Now, mind you, we have all the risk, but we're expecting a higher return. They're essentially going to use that higher interest rate now in determining the present value. So they're essentially transferring all of the investment risk to the individual who chooses the lump sum.
1: Pat, why would somebody choose a lump sum over keeping the monthly benefit? Uh,
2: For those people that, particularly those that terminate just prior to 55 with their intent of getting the lump sum, they wanted the extra flexibility in their retirement planning by having the cash available. They might have concerns that they're not going to live as long as average, and uh, therefore they think they're better off with the lump sum rather than the lifetime pension. And in many cases, they think they might get a uh, higher rate of return if they were to turn around and invest the money themselves. Uh, but it's unlikely they're going to get the higher rate of return now. For, for example, the local authorities pension plan, they're assuming in determining these values that you have to earn 5.4% uh, after investment management fees over the long term uh, in determining the value. Right uh, that's a pretty high expected rate of return for individual investors
1: yeah for for a pension style uh, portfolio for sure Correct. okay now let's assume that somebody is trying to make this decision so what's what's the deadline here what what because uh, we're bumping up against something here pretty quick.
2: The deadline is April 1st 2020. They essentially have to terminate employment prior to April 1st 2020 or else they're going to be under the new system. okay.
1: Um, Okay, so that's coming up very quick.
2: Now, Now, I uh, do want to point out, if they're over age 55, there is no change because they weren't provided a lump sum option anyway.
1: Uh, Uh, After 55, right, so it's only for those that, yeah, retiring before, okay. Correct. Um, Now, this is a one-way decision. So if you decide to commute a pension, take that that lump sum out as you call it, you, you know, you can't go back on that. This is an important decision for a lot of people. Um, as an actuary, and we have worked together before, there's some important analysis to be done. Can Correct. you talk to us a little bit about that, what that is?
2: Sure. It comes down to all, all about financial se- se- security in the end. Do you? Uh, how important is to you to have guaranteed income for the remainder of your lifetime? And so, for a lot of people, it still didn't even make sense to take the lump sum. Mm-hmm because they just couldn't take the risk of running out of assets in 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 the future. Yeah. And uh, so it makes a lot of sense to review it with your financial advisor in any event, simply because uh, you've got to be able to handle that risk. It's one thing to say you want the additional flexibility of the cash now, and that way you can manage your retirement expectations better in the sense of, draw down a bit more cash earlier when you're doing traveling, and less later. But you do run the risk that if you're in the lucky half that live longer than average, uh, you might be running out of assets if you've taken the lump sum, and can you manage that risk?
1: So we talk about this in sort of simple terms when we talk to people about it. It's really a a trade-off between flexibility and guarantee. Correct right and, and what do you value more and and Pat I'm going to throw this at you you know this is this is dependent upon each family's situation so there's this idea of can you take the risk there's longevity how long are you going to live right volatility which we've talked about in this show can you take you know emotional ups and downs correct so Pat this is this is a more complicated decision than just saying hey I need I I want to get my hands on that extra 400 or 500,000 bucks um, I've got I got to understand how it fits into my overall financial or retirement plan
0: yeah and, and, and we got to look at this as that there's a short window of opportunity now like we've got less than a month to do this yeah and so Pat yeah. from your experience or from what you're what you're seeing someone's listening to this show right now saying I the, the clock is ticking what do they do
2: okay uh, even under the current rules to a large part we saw it as almost a, a a 50-50 guess because the value was there and sure you might earn a little bit of extra investment income, but you couldn't get the whole thing tax sheltered, so you lose a bit of tax advantage. And in our analysis, depending on the particular situation, there might be a, 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 a 50-50 chance it might move up to 60-40 depending on return expectations as to whether or not the lump sum could provide for the lifetime pension. So you need to manage that risk. Under the new lump sum value, it's only gonna be about a 25 or 30% chance of being able to reproduce a lifetime pension. There you go. So where the question comes in is, for those individuals who have already reached the decision that yes, the lump sum is for them, those individuals, they may wanna to head to the door and terminate prior to the 1st of April. Because if they were planning on that, and that is their strategy, the amount of dollars they might lose by crossing over that April 1st date, say they were planning on doing it at Mm -hmm. the end of the year, the dollars they're going to lose in doing it at the end of the year will be much higher than even what, what their salary is. Right, right.
1: Okay, we're going to have to leave it there, Pat. Thank you for raising awareness on this, and we appreciate you bringing it to our attention. As I said, and anybody that's listening out there, we do have a short window in terms of making this decision. Pat, thank you very much. You're welcome. Been joined by Pat Johnson, principal, uh, principal, sorry, and actuary at Pension Strategies uh, Inc. Okay, my friend, we're going to we system- got to talk about this whole uh, how to pensionize a portfolio. Yeah. and Does it fit? for you to take
0: a commuted value, How do you do this? How do you, Yeah, so how do you build your own pension? And yeah. part of it could be a company pension plan included, or part of it could be having all your own money, your own resources to fund your retirement. We're going to talk about all those options to you on Tuesday, March 10th, 7 p.m. at the Hamptons Golf Club. You need to reserve your seats. Give us a call, 966-8400, or register online at morethanmoneyradio.com.
1: You could be personally liable for taxes, On an inheritance that you receive, stick around after the break, and we're going to talk about that here on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and more than money. Well, uh, taxes are always an important conversation. Oh, great. There you go. Death is no excuse when it comes to paying taxes.
0: (laughs) Isn't it? There's a saying, two things you can't avoid, (laughs) death and taxes. Death
1: and taxes. That's right. Anyways, nobody, nobody better to help us understand how the heck that all works than Jamie Golenbeck, who is a Managing Director of Tax and Estate Planning at CIBC Financial Planning at Advice. Jamie, welcome back to the show.
3: Pleasure to be back.
1: I want you to tell us about a recent case that involved some surprise taxes for some children that inherited money from their father. I think this will be of interest to a lot of people.
3: Yeah, it's actually a strange, uh, strange story, but probably more common than we think. So the general rule, of course, is that when you die, there's uh, potentially tax. I and mean, at the end of the day, let's say you've got no surviving spouse or partner, then, typically speaking, if you have, you know, gains in your portfolio, there's a deemed disposition for market value, could be some capital gains tax. But but the biggest issue for many Canadians, of course, is that when they die, their RRSP or more likely their RRIF. If they're over the age of 71, uh, would be fully taxable. Would be fully taxable in the income. Right. Um, so, typically speaking, if you've got a riff of you know 100, 200, 300 thousand dollars, you could lose about half of that uh, on death, and that's normal. Uh, that's pretty standard uh, tax policy. Um, the, the interesting case that came up just recently is you had a father that died and uh, he named his two daughters as beneficiaries of his RIF. Now, when someone dies and there's a named beneficiary, the money goes outside the estate and goes directly to the beneficiary. So the sisters get the money, and lo and behold, uh, a little bit while after that, they actually get hit with an assessment of tax, which is unusual because normally a RIF is taxable in the deceased hand. And, and there's no difference here in this case. So the father actually owed taxes on the RIF. Pa- apparently, the father must have owed other taxes as well, because what the CRA did is they invoked this very special rule called the non-arm's-length transfer rule. And they ruled that because the deceased father owed money to taxes on the date of his death, not just taxes on the RIF itself, but taxes on other things that could have been you know who knows building up for years we don't have the, the details in the case the sisters were personally liable because they had received a transfer what was the transfer they were named as beneficiaries under the rift so i mean it's a very interesting situation of course in the end the sisters lost the case and they had to fork over uh, the funds uh, to the CRA to cover their late father's responsibility now, that's pretty different uh, than we normally think about, because normally if someone, you know, dies, there's a income inclusion to the estate, died, the RRSP, riff, and the estate has to pay the tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, the Surrey went after the beneficiaries to pay the tax, presumably because the estate was insolvent and they didn't have them fund. So very, very interesting case.
0: So in in, in advice to individuals out there who are in similar situations where they're, Naming a beneficiary that's not their spouse or common law partner. What well, should they couple, be doing? Couple,
3: yeah, yeah, a couple things to take from that. I mean, see, number one, of course, if you're the executor and these people were the executors, uh, you should get a clearance certificate from CRA to make sure all taxes have been paid before distributing money or spending it uh, in that particular situation. But I think more importantly, um, you know, particularly in, in a province like Alberta with very minimal uh, probate tax, so it's not a big concern maybe it's a good idea to name the estate as the beneficiary of an RSP or RIF. And the reason I say that is because that way all the money's in the same place. The money belongs in the estate, there's now enough funding to pay any tax liabilities, and ultimately the beneficiaries don't have to worry about that because the money's in the estate, there's money there to satisfy CRA, and then ultimately the net after-tax amount after taxes have been paid uh, can be paid out to beneficiaries. beneficiary. So if you're acting as an executor, uh, maybe it's better uh, in some situations not to name a specific beneficiary rather to have the estate as a beneficiary and therefore at least there's going to be money there to pay the taxes. So maybe they were trying to avoid that. I don't know the facts in this particular case. We don't have the, those kind of details, but I think it's a good warning. I think it's a good warning for all Canadians on, number one, uh, how RSPs and RIFs are taxed on yeah. death, that they're fully taxable. And number two, you can't escape the tax. So just because you name a beneficiary on there, if the estate doesn't have the cash, they will go after um, you know any non-arm's length people that received uh, money from the estate.
1: Well, and I think I think there's a, a good warning in there for for beneficiaries. I mean, estate planning stuff is we talk about this regularly, Faisal. Something that you can't take for granted, right? We've Correct. had a number of of showpieces in the last little while about people making various mistakes that impacts them.
0: But right. they don't think they're making a mistake. They right. go into their financial institution. They have their RSP or Retirement Income Fund or RIF. And, they, and the, the, the financial institution says, okay, who are you going to name as your beneficiary? Right. Well, I have no spouse. Put my kids on there. And they, it just right. happens. Right. There, there may not be a conversation about you do know this has to happen. Right. Or the individual is not getting the proper information when they're preparing their wills, saying, look, you have a named beneficiary in your, in your registered investments. Yeah. And it's not a spouse. Here's the tax implication. You have to have the following steps taken care of, which means they can go, they meaning CRA, can go after your beneficiaries for that money. And I, I, it's unfortunate for this family that had to go through it. And my understand these two sisters, um, they spent some of the money and so forth already uh, before this all got caught up. And so that's part of the problem, yep. right? Like there, there's multiple pieces that you're working on and somebody has to coordinate all this kind of stuff so you make sure that it doesn't slip through the cracks. Jamie yeah, I mean
3: one of the examples I often give, just on a very simplistic level, if someone dies with, let's say, a million dollars, they have half a million dollars in their principal residence, and the other half a million dollars is an RSP or RIF. You name one son as the beneficiary of the estate; that's going to get the principal residence. You name the other one as a beneficiary of the RSP. Of course, the problem is that the tax on the RSP doesn't go with the RSP; it goes to the estate. So effectively, what you have is you have the son. Uh, getting the $500,000 uh, tax-free RSP because the liability is on the estate. The estate had a house worth half a million, but now has a tax bill worth, you know, up to 50% of the value of the RSP. So effectively, the sons are not being treated equal because effectively, the person who gets the estate is actually going to inherit the tax bill on the RSP they didn't receive. This is the complexity. This is why it's very important to sit down with a financial advisor and with a lawyer to make sure they really go through all the taxes, state issues, to make sure that you're really doing the right thing, especially when you're naming a beneficiary other than a spouse or partner, which I think is generally fine.
0: Yeah, so that's that's a real good lesson to learn, everyone. Not all assets are equal when you die. <laughs> From a tax perspective. <laughs> From a tax perspective. So let's let's put that in perspective and get the advice that you need. Jamie Gollenbeck, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks very much. We've been joined by Jamie Gollenbeck, Managing Director, Tax and Estate Planning, CIBC Financial Planning and Advice. And Dave, tax is the biggest expense you're going to have through your retirement. Correct. And so there needs to be a strategy. And because tax is so important, how do you integrate that with your investments, with your lifestyle, with your health concerns, all of these issues with that your will come?
1: Legacy, up, leaving it behind. Leaving right. it behind. Right. You're
0: gonna be one of the beneficiaries right. that you don't even have to put in your will. Right. Is CRA. They put their hand up they'll, Absolutely. They'll, and they're first. Yeah, they're first. And they're first. So how do you deal with all these issues? Yeah. How do you solve this problem? We call it bulletproofing your retirement through our process of asset dedication. We're going to talk about that on Tuesday, March 10th, 7 p.m. at the Hamptons Golf Course. Now you need to reserve your seats. So give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com.
1: Stick around after the break because we're going to talk about how the coronavirus might actually be a gift. That on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and more than money. Um, Coronavirus is dominating the headlines, my friend. It's creating all kinds of problems for the market to figure Mm -hmm. out what's going to happen. People are terrified, one, at a human level
0: of getting sick. We're out of toilet paper. Right. That's the big issue here in Calgary, Costco, out of toilet paper. Like, this is the problem. This is how big it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, whenever these types of scenarios happen in our lives, over the past, you've known me now and working together and a partnership for 10 years. You've known me longer than that. And you know how I react. You had to these. ruin my day, didn't I you? I did. Yeah, yeah, well, it's only Thank Saturday. You. I want to ruin the entire weekend. So yeah, we've been we've been close for a long time, Dave. And you know me. So, <laughs> yes. so did I ruin your whole weekend? Now? Yes. Perfect. Yes. Let me, let me show wound. What I look at when, I ha- when we have these types of issues that come up, coronavirus, SARS, 9-11, whatever it may be, I always look for what the risk is, but more I look at what the opportunity is from an investment perspective and from a macroeconomic or or a demographic issue. And so the reason why I do that is because I need to know where we're going, not to just where we've been. Right. Right? And so- when, in my research, in my reading of the coronavirus and all the issues that are happening today and how big is it, how important it is, is it bigger than the flu, should we be worried, all those types of things. Yeah. Yes, that's the today. But here's a shift that I like to talk about that I think is the gift that we're getting from the coronavirus. All right. You've got people's attention now. This is a gift. Okay. Let's go back to uh, the Cold War. Okay. When U.S. and Russia had their Cold War, a lot of countries aligned themselves with the Americans and they they started to um, have an alliance, and they would say, we're not going to blow up any of your ships that are coming towards our territories against the Russians, even if it had a very good export and high-valued export. We basically opened up global trade. Well, yeah, you, yeah, okay. Right, with yep, the alliance. Yep, yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And what it did was, All these individual areas, Europe and so forth, that had control over some Chinese properties, gave up those properties back to China. Mm -hmm. This actually made China more powerful Mm -hmm. in the process. During that time, they've relinquished some of that power, they meaning Europe and America and so forth, to China. Mm -hmm. And now, fast forward those 20 some odd years, 30 some odd years, you start seeing China build their own empire. Mm -hmm. Economically. Economically. Yeah. And as they build their own economic, we became more and more reliant on China. Mm-hmm. Fast forward those 20, 30 years, China now controls or has, or touches one fifth of all imports and exports throughout this world. Yeah, of
1: the the supply chain, right? Supply products chain products
0: will. It yeah. touches China. You bet. And so now, with the coronavirus yeah. coming out of China, what's the gift that we get out of this? The long-term gift is, we get to figure out how to deal with the world without China. We get to figure out how do we import, export, build a supply chain without using China, and or minimizing we... the impact. Correct. Right.
1: This could be a good thing. Yeah. So we've talked in the past, and so let, let's set a little bit more, a little bit more background. So you're taking that sort of military Cold War idea. Correct. You're fast-forwarding to basically an economic call, a Cold War, potentially, right? We've talked about this before, where you've got U.S. as an economic superpower and China as the second largest economic superpower. Correct. And there is a battle taking place right now for supremacy and things like 5G technology and AI and machine learning. Correct. China has been very open about this.
0: The technological Cold War is what we call it. Yeah. And
1: so, uh, you know, countries prior to the coronavirus, countries, we, we watched this sort of uh, happen as they started to have to figure out who is going to be our primary trading partner, right? And Germany, as an example, we don't have a choice in Canada, it's US, but Germany does, right? Germany's biggest trading partner was China, not the US. So maybe Europe starts to sh- shift its allegiances there. And now, now we get this coronavirus and one of the outputs, and I'm going to talk about something else after too, but one of the, the implications may be that the world needs how to figure needs to figure out how to survive without China touching
0: everything that it goes on? Do you know what else is a gift out of all this? Mm. The world is learning how to work together. Ah, uh, and oh, absolutely. I was telling my fourteen-year-old girl, and I said, I said to her, you know, with all this coronavirus and everything, mm-hmm. watch how humanity works. Mm-hmm. Watch how governments, businesses, individuals are all going to work together mm-hmm. to solve this problem. Absolutely. This is how human nature works. Yeah. There's a common enemy now, right? Exactly. And it's not Iran. I, yeah, that's right. It's, it's not, not the not Iranians. China. It's not China. It's not the federal government. It's not the provincial government. It is all of us. We're all in it together. Right. Because the coronavirus doesn't have any it's discrimination. Everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. That's right. It doesn't it's see here color, race. Country, country, nothing. It's here. It's arrived. That's right. And so now we're all going to work together to figure this out. This is something big. Right. This is another gift the coronavirus has given us. We're not all fighting for, you know, who's got what in economic supremacy or how do we get our own piece of the pie. Right. Now we're all trying to say how do we keep people alive. Yeah, it's a human experience now. And this journey is going to be, although it's it's catastrophic to many families around the world, it is an impact to everybody in some form. But this will bring us closer together.
1: Right. And it yes, it allows to centralize around a common enemy, as we saw. And talk I about.
0: love the opportunity from an investment per, as a portfolio manager with that thesis going forward.
1: Right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in another one too because I was doing some reading about this, and and this like is Santa Claus. A lot of gifts coming out. A lot of today. gifts. Yeah. Here we go. This is interesting though, because we've been talking about. I mean, I guess ever since um, the internet, there's been this belief mm-hmm. of a distributed workforce. This idea that technology that will allow us to work from home, to to work in other places remotely, right? We yep. can video conference. We don't necessarily need to be face to face. Yep. But I have to say that that uh, we're talking twenty years that this is you know, this has been a topic of conversation. But I, I would say that companies have been generally reluctant to do that. And I can't tell you why. I don't know all the reasons. I'm sure every company has different reasons. But Generally speaking, we, we do see a mobile workforce, but we, we still see an expectation that people come to a central location Correct. and operate. Well, I think we're going to challenge that right now. I think that companies, I mean, we see uh, the internal communications in our company and whatever company you work in or your kids work in will have the same kind of thing. And they're encouraging people to stay home, to stay home. Not come in contact, yeah. not shake hands Which right is now. the
0: same thing that happened in SARS, but SARS was 17 years ago. The right. technology has changed so much in right. 17 years right. that we can be in our own homes and still be part of a company. Right. And we've heard companies in the past saying, oh, you guys all work from home projects. And then, no, no, we don't like that. Everybody get back together. Right. So so, this is going to be interesting. The new economy is absolutely. here. Absolutely and it's going to be interesting to see how technology can work with individuals so you don't have to be in and what happens to productivity so if if in fact this new distributed workforce
1: happens and it works and people don't have travel and commute times and they can work at home and they're maybe more efficient because the technology can do it yep. it's going to be we've had the we've had the the dream of this for a long time Right Where people have the flexibility, they can be productive, but they have the flexibility to take care of their kids. They can be more productive because in Toronto, you're not blowing an hour and a half either way on travel times. Think
0: think about the sandwich generation and how this helps them. Right, You're taking care of your elderly parent, your children. They may be adult or not. At that point in time, you're kind of squished in the middle, trying to figure things out. And now you have to pull in nine, 10 hours. And if you're in Toronto, 13 hours, including commute to get to work. (laughs) That's that's, (laughs) serious. Yeah. And then... And then you got to deal with everything else. This might open up the doors for you. Right. This is a very interesting time of how the world will change from an economic perspective, from a global power perspective, and from an individual company, right. how they're going to deal with their life and, and lifestyle. Their like, employees. right down,
1: right? From it's gonna, it's company, a, individual, productivity, all of those things, right?
0: Three gifts to give every listener today on More Than Money. That's a pretty good day.
1: Well, yeah. It is interesting to broaden the perspective and try to remove ourselves from, from the the instant fear, right, that you get caught in. You're in the middle of this fight, I get it, and there are there are impacts. But there are things that this could potentially change that could be really quite amazing.
0: Now these types of changes that we were saying are saying are are longer term. Yeah. Okay. So it's not going to happen overnight or right. even in the next twelve months, but it's going to be a longer term viewpoint. Um, but in between this whole situation that's going on with coronavirus, all the volatility, how do you protect yourself? How do you, how do you profit in these types of times? Uh, and how do you make sure that your income is secured throughout your retirement? Is the biggest fear most people have as they're approaching or living in yep. retirement. Let's educate the people out there about this. We're going to have a seminar on Tuesday, March 10th, 7 p.m. at the Hamptons Golf Course. You do need to reserve your seats for this. So give us a call at 966-8400. That's 966-8400. You can register online as well at morethanmoneyradio.com.
1: I think this will be a very interesting question and answer period. Okay, thanks for tuning in to another, another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. Faisal and I look forward to speaking with you next week.